0: Welcome to Best Laid Plans. This is episode number nine, and this is your host, Sarah Hart Unger. Best Laid Plans is the podcast where we talk all things planning, from planners to planning techniques and more. Thank you guys so much for listening. I have noticed that the listenership is slowly growing, and that makes me very happy. I guess before we get started on this episode, I just want to say thank you for those of you who have left reviews and for those of you who have told friends about the podcast. It is hard to spread the word. I don't really talk about this in my personal life, to be completely honest, but of course I do share it through my blog and have mentioned it on my other podcast as well, so I know that's helped some people find it. But I know there are so many other planner aficionados out there, and I want them all to at least give this podcast a try. So if you know someone who you think might like it, please share. Thank you. All right, so today's episode is going to be Mostly Q&A, and I have several great questions queued up here. And then a little special treat at the end related to the Hobonichi order that I placed um, with a little fun surprise. So we'll start with our Q&A. Question number one. This is a question on the accessory notebook. What do you do when it is full, especially with your rituals or lists started, but to be continued? Do you copy everything into a new one? I am using the Evernote app for things similar to what you would use your notebook for, precisely for that reason, that it is simpler to reorganize things compared to a paper version, which would get full. That's a great question. And actually this year, um, since I've been using this kind of different bullet journal slash Jibun Techo combo, I have been putting a lot of things in the bullet journal that I didn't use to put in my Hobonichi accessory notebook. And that thing is filling up at rapid speed. I think what happened is that all of a sudden I just decided it was for everything. So I started to put meeting notes and really just anything, journaling, random stuff, and the pages have gone really quickly. And I know that if this was my normal practice, it would be kind of annoying because I don't want to recopy things like my weekly review steps or I don't know, my yearly goals, my 20 for 2020. I don't want to copy those into multiple notebooks. So I feel your pain, listener. I would say that, well, your solution to use Evernote is a great one. I think for next year, when I stop using the system I'm using right now, which was more of an experiment than anything else, and I go back to the Hobonichi, which is my plan, I'm going to go back to that slim notebook, and I'm only going to keep a really specific array of collections in that notebook. I'm going to keep my quintile plans. I'm going to keep my reminder of my steps of my various reviews. I'm going to keep my 2021 reading list in there and movies and kind of all the things that I like to track throughout the year, but I'm not going to use it for, you know, ad hoc brainstorming or certainly not just a routine work meeting list or something like that. Those things, I'd like to either use other paper, like other notebooks that are dedicated to specific purposes, or just do it digitally by using either Apple Notes or just, you know, if it's a work thing, kind of depends on what kind of project it is, but if it's, you know, amenable to being digital, then I'm fine having it be digital. So I guess what I have to say is your solution sounds really, really good. I think the idea that you're going to keep an accessory notebook with a planner like the Hobonichi that contains everything that you want to write down in a given year is unrealistic. And I also think there's something nice about having kind of a set of lists that you feel like are important enough to warrant their own page in a slim notebook that you carry around. So I don't know, that's kind of the way I've done it in the past and the way I plan on doing it going forward. I don't necessarily love my current solution of just kind of throwing everything in one beautiful Archer and Olive bullet journal. While I do love the notebook itself, I don't like that I have like important things like maybe a whole quintiles goals list right next to some, I don't know, seminar notes. It doesn't really make sense to me. So there you go. I would say triage and use electronic for what works for electronic. All right. Question number two comes from Jada. She writes, I would love to hear more on planning workouts and meals. Where do you get your inspiration and how do you stay motivated to stay on track with your exercise? Well, you know, I don't want to say I have the answer that will get every human being to exercise because clearly it's really challenging for a lot of people. And I get that for various reasons. I will also throw in the fact that I am an upholder. If you know Gretchen Rubin's four tendencies, upholders tend to do pretty well. If they assign themselves something, they're probably going to do it. So for me to sit here and say, well, I know how to get everyone to exercise would be sort of ridiculous. I do, however, know to get how to get myself to exercise, so I will just share what I do. And for me, I tend to plan it out in advance. I know surprise surprise, right? But every um Monday morning or sometimes Sunday afternoon depending, but honestly usually Monday morning, I sit down and write down what workout I plan to do each day and I write it in my planner. And I look at the time slot of each morning. If I know that there's some morning where I have some obscenely early meeting, that would be a day that I'd rather plan a rest day because I'm the kind of person who would much rather just plan not to work out and enjoy the rest than be stressed out all day about how I'm going to get in some workout that I promised myself I would do but didn't do. I find that very distracting and not very much fun. So I really look ahead to see if it's feasible. I do give myself grace. I mean, If I have a kid that unexpectedly gets sick and wakes up early and I can't work out, then That's where I'm definitely more flexible with myself. But otherwise, if there's no calamities, I tend to just schedule it in and then do it. I always have a time frame in my mind. Like right now, I know I really need to be done with most of my workouts by seven because that's when I have to get the kids up and start getting them ready for school. So then I know, well, if I had to be done by seven and I have a 35-minute workout, I better be pressing play by 625, et cetera. I hope I did that math. Right. Um, I think it's very important to keep your workout plans within the scope of what's possible for you right now. When I had young babies, it was more about you know just getting something in a few times a week. As my kids have gotten older and life has become more predictable, I can be a little more you know frequent and specific about what kind of workouts I want to get done each week. but I will say my secrets are doing them early, making a realistic plan, and also writing in that plan every single week and looking at the workouts a week at a time. So that's the workout question. The meal question, I mean, I sort of have a similar process. Sunday is usually my shopping and list making day. And I have a huge disclaimer, which is that I have help with cooking. Currently, we still have a nanny because, well, with the pandemic and I have three kids and my husband and I both have fairly non-flexible jobs. So we do have some help at home. And since At least my two younger kids are now back in school. She has time to help cook for us. We also love leftovers. I plan those in to lessen the burden of cooking on anyone. So typically, I write a whole list on Sunday. I go shopping that day. And then we have food for the week for something to cook on Sunday, which I make. Something for Monday. Something for Wednesday. And then something super easy on Friday. And then we eat leftovers on Tuesday and Thursday. So again, you know, this can be challenging for a lot of people. I will say I hate waste. So it's almost unheard of that I would like have food that I had bought for a given meal that we would then decide, oh, I don't feel like eating that or I want to do something else. So again, this might be my own upholder nature that makes it sound more simple than it is, but that's what I do. I definitely plan it in advance. I don't try to be too, too fancy. I look at what else is going on. If I know I'm going to be late one night, then I certainly don't want to be making anything elaborate, even though right now it's not necessarily me cooking. But in the past, it's very important that I match my anticipated energy with what I was going to make. And I would also say meal planning and cooking is one where, how do I put this? Uh, perfection is overrated. So if you do a pretty good job and you eat pretty healthy meals, that is much better than trying to be perfect and having 80 perfectly meal prepped boxes, you know, filled with every meal for the week, but then getting completely burned out and then ordering fried chicken or something like that. Although- I do like fried chicken every once in a while. Anyway, so that's my answer to those two things. I always like it when planners have sections for these things, because for me, those are essentials. They are things that get planned in every single week. And in my Hobonichi Tejo Cousin, I have always put the workouts and the meals usually along the bottom in like separate colored boxes. So I kind of know where to look for them. And that's just sort of part of my weekly ritual. All right. The next question is a little bit of a longer question, but I think it gives some nice context. Plus it was just nicely written. So I'm going to share it here. She writes, I am so happy you were on the mom hour podcast where I first heard about you and I am starting my planner journey and I'm loving your podcast. By the way, I will link to that mom hour episode. I did a whole episode on organizing and planning at the beginning of 2020. It was kind of thrilling for me because I love the mom hour. um, And I will be sure to link that in the notes for this episode. Okay, back to the question. She writes, I recently subscribed to your newsletter and I'm just beginning to explore your blog. I really tried to go totally digital the last couple of years and have been totally unfulfilled. So going back to paper feels like coming home. My question, if you have a special project that you want to track in your planner, how do you earmark it so it doesn't get lost? Or do you not keep this type of thing in your planner? For example, I'm trying to put together my thoughts around items to sell, record record of research for price, did I take a picture of it, have I written the listing, etc. Kid things to hand down, donate. We have a small house so I can't physically separate these items yet before they go out the door and putting this all together in my planner makes me feel like I am still making progress. However, it is mixed in with my daily weekly pages currently so it's a lot of flipping. I welcome your thoughts.
1: If your to-do list is anything like mine, it often takes on a life of its own. I'm Eric Fisher, host of the Beyond the To-Do List podcast, and each week I talk with productivity experts, authors, and creatives as they share their insights on how to live life beyond the to-do list. People like Phil Rosenthal of Everybody Loves Raymond and Somebody Feed Phil, about creativity, family, food, and travel, productivity expert David Allen on Getting Things Done, and Whole30 founder Melissa Urban on Setting Boundaries in Your Personal and Professional Life. Find a great new episode each week on apple podcasts spotify or wherever you get your podcasts
0: today's episode is sponsored in part by factor factor is sponsoring this episode with an awesome discount code plans 50 to give you 50 percent off your first month and 20 percent off the next trying out our sponsors helps keep the show going and i think this is a wonderful time to give it a try given that it's always a busy season factor offers no prep and no mess meals that are tailored to your wellness goals they offer multiple options from protein plus to plant-based, to keto, and many more. No matter what your health goals are, you can keep kitchen time to a minimum while enjoying healthy and delicious meals with premium ingredients with Factor. You can get started feeling great and fueling well now by giving them a try. Head to factormeals.com plans50 and use code plans50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code plans50, P-L-A-N-S 50, at factormeals.com slash plans50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Today's episode is brought to you in part by Jenny Kane. I love Jenny Kane and I hope you love shopping there to support the show. When you do, visit JennyKane.com and use code PLANS for 15% off your first order. We are now well into spring and there's no better time to shop for beautiful cotton sweaters that can take us right into the next season. And definitely take a look at their dresses. They have so many pretty ones. I'm obsessed with the day dress. It's so classic and versatile. Plus, everything in their collection is designed so intentionally that you can style pieces together without a second thought. All of their sweaters and tops pair with jeans, work pants, and more, and can be styled to fit practically any occasion. Find your new spring uniform at JennyKane.com. Our listeners get 15% off your first order when you use code PLANS at checkout. That's 15% off your first order at J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E dot com. Promo code PLANS. Let getting dressed be one less thing to worry about. Okay, I love paper. But with that kind of a project, I would not use paper. I would use something that makes it really easy to see everything next to each other. You could even paste in digital images or links to things you've put on sale. I think that you might want to use paper to remind yourself of this project. So keep the sales project as like a goal in either your monthly goals or your quintile goal or even like a big yearly goal so that you're looking at it and you remember that you have it. And you could even do like a fun project tracker in your planner where you, I don't know, for every items that you have done, you, you color something in. Like, I think there might be something motivating you could do in your planner that corresponds to this project. But if it were me, and this is not the only way, but I think it's probably the more natural way, I would just keep all of the kind of technical details organized digitally. And that would be easy to do on like an Evernote page or an Apple notes page or Google keep, et cetera, et cetera. And probably a little bit easier because you would be able to include things like links for listings. Um, you could even do it in Excel, honestly, because I'm thinking that, well, this is something where you'd want to have kind of columns and lines and it would be easy to keep track of each item that way. So yeah, I don't think paper is the end all be all. And I don't think we should force ourselves to use paper when something else could work better in certain instances. And for me, this is one of those examples. I would be curious if anybody else has a project like this where they've actually had more success on paper um, or who has a different opinion. I'm certainly glad to hear them, but I think this is one where I would go digital. All right, next question. Here's a question for you. What are strategies for tracking small tasks related to a calendar event, or for tracking things to bring to an event? Examples, bring checkbook to meeting with contractor, or kid bring something green to Zoom class on Friday. She writes that generally, she keeps all her events in Google Calendar, actually in four separate Google calendars, personal, work, kid one, and kid two, her personal tasks in Todoist and she uses an Inkwell Press Daily page to focus the day's events and tasks. She writes, she typically fills out the Inkwell Press Daily each morning after looking at the GCal and Todoists. Those small tasks often don't feel big enough to make a task in Todoist, and it clutters up the calendars to put reminders in the title. Sometimes I put the tasks in Todoist, other times in the calendar, and sometimes I just remember, but what are other strategies? I will throw this one also out to you listeners because I am not a digital calendar guru and maybe there is a solution that's more embedded into Google Calendar. But my low-tech answer, okay, my first answer was, well, why don't you just pre-write it on the daily pages? That way when you get up that morning, you'll see all your reminders that you lovingly left for yourself. But she said, "Ugh, I can't stand starting the day not looking at a pristine page to set up." And I completely get that. Plus, what if something gets moved around and the reminder will be in the wrong place? But then I came up with another low-tech solution. Maybe a sticky note could be filled out and then left on the daily page for her to discover later. That way she's not, you know, sullying that pristine morning page. And if the event gets moved, she can just move the sticky note. And I agree with you. It is kind of clunky to throw in, bring checkbook into your Google Calendar title. Although it's also, you could do some of those things. If it's a simple little reminder, then maybe that would actually make the most sense. So yeah, those are my thoughts. Put it on the daily page. Use a sticky note if messing up the page bothers you or stick it kind of sneakily into the title of your Google Calendar event. If it's something that you know you're really bad about forgetting, like for me, those kids dress up days, like wear something green in front of Zoom. I don't know. I'm sort of rebellious about that. Like I don't really want to have to remember that, so I'm not very good about doing it. But if I did want to remember, I would probably just put an alarm in my phone for that day to just remind me in the moment, oh my gosh. It's time that they're getting dressed. I know they get dressed around 7.20. It's going to go off and I'm going to see it say, Cameron needs to wear green or something like that. All right. So those were our question and answers for the day. To summarize, we talked about exercise and meal plannings. I discussed my use of the accessory notebook and how to prevent it from completely overflowing We talked about tracking special projects and whether you do that in the planner, outside of the planner, and, you know, when to make paperwork versus digital. And then finally, and this is the one I'd really love, listener input for other ideas, but what are strategies for tracking small tasks related to a calendar event? Now we're going to go on to a little special treat part of this episode. I'm going to share a little bit of backstory. I have been ordering directly from the Hobonichi company since 2014. As you guys know, I love their planner, The Cousin. One year, I did get their regular Techo, but no, I've been a diehard for the A5 Hobonichi Techo Cousin, and I've been using it almost every year, except for 2020, which was crazy. And also, I believe 2018, which was the year after I had my third child, and somehow all those daily pages just stressed me out. I think I was also trying to use the A6, which didn't work out. Anyway, so... This year, I started talking about the sale pretty early and my daughter expressed a lot of interest in participating. The backstory is that last year I had actually gotten her an Erin Condren kids planner for Hanukkah and she didn't really use it. She was really, really excited about it and I think she liked the idea of having a planner just like I do, but she'll tell you why it wasn't a great fit for her. And then this year she got involved and in kind of like they have a countdown on their website leading up to the the sale. And she got really into looking at that. And we would talk every day about like what she thought she was going to order and, sh- you know, whether she would get the Avec or the regular. So I'll leave it to her to describe what she actually got and why. But I have to say, if you do have kids who are into planning, man, this was so much fun. Like I felt like I had been waiting for this situation for my daughter to want her own planner, especially like the same planner that I use, uh, since she was born in 2012. So it was just really gratifying and fun, and I'm going to bring her on now. So without further ado, I'm introducing my daughter Annabelle. Would you like to say hi, Annabelle? Hi. Annabelle, can you tell everybody how old you are? Eight. And what grade are you in? I'm
1: in third grade. When did you first become interested in planners? Last year before Hanukkah. Before Hanukkah because yeah. you decided to
0: get the Erin Condren Kids Planner, is that right? Mhm. And what did you think of that planner?
1: I didn't think it was exactly right for me because I feel like I needed a little bit more space for it.
0: A little bit more space for
1: each day, you mean? Yeah. I didn't really like how there was only a monthly list of everything and like there wasn't a lot of space for each day. Yeah. But what I did like about it was that after the month it would be like there would be a fun activity to do and it would be really cool. So there were good things about it. So what made you decide
0: that you were interested in getting a Hobonichi this year?
1: Well I looked at yours and (laughs) yours was it had a lot of uh, more space than the Erin the Codron Kids Planner, so I decided just that I wanted to get that one because it looks like it had a lot of space. And did you have fun looking at all the
0: choices and the options?
1: Yeah, looking at the planner covers were really fun. And what cover did you end up choosing? I chose Cookie Monster. <laughs> Can you describe the Cookie Monster cover for us a little bit? The Cookie Monster cover. On the inside, it has a little picture of a bunch of Sesame Street characters, and on the outside, it's very fuzzy, and it's blue. It's like super soft. It's very soft, and it has a mouth with two eyes, and I don't think those are soft, but the rest of it is, and it has little tiny cookie (laughs) marks. And the cookies are what? Do you know what they
0: are? The page markers, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's so cool. It's the cutest thing I've ever seen, and half of me just wants to borrow it. It's yours. Mm-hmm. And do you remember what else
1: we chose to order from the, the sale? We chose to order Cookie Monster pens. Well, Cookie blue. Monster
0: pens. We got some blue markers that kind of matched with Cookie Monster, which was really fun.
1: Well, they weren't Cookie Monster, but they matched with really, like, it, like, perfectly.
0: And so how do you plan to use your
1: Hobonichi? I'm going to use it every day. I'm going to write down everything I'm going to do. Awesome. Like a to-do list I, or more I, like after you do it? I'm gonna put check boxes next to them. <laughs> and if I do it, I'll put a check. If I don't, I'll put an X. That sounds amazing. Will you put memories in there too? Yeah. Okay.
0: Well, I am very much looking forward to planning with you, Annabelle. It's gonna be a really fun year, maybe better than this year. Do you have anything else you wanna tell our listeners? Um <laughs> no. <laughs> no. 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 Oh, I have one more thing. How come you chose the a5 cousin and not the Avec with the two books.
1: Oh, I didn't want to switch it any time in the year. You wanted everything in one I book. just wanted everything in one thing.
0: Well, that's understandable.
1: Well, Annabelle, thank you
0: so much for being a guest on this podcast. It was wonderful having you. Perhaps you can do a check in later in the year to let us know how it's going planning in your Hobonichi Techo cousin. Say thanks, everyone.
1: Thanks, everyone. <laughs>
0: All right. Well, this was Best Laid Plans with our very special guest. That was the first time I've ever had a kid on any of the podcast summons. that was pretty cool. Maybe she will grace us with her presence a few months down the road so we can hear how it is going using her Hobonichi. So we'll be back next week with likely a concept episode. There's also several brands that have been really kind to send me some samples. So we have some amazing review episodes coming up too. But I don't want to do that every time. I want to kind of mix it up. So please continue to send me your questions, your suggestions, and let me know what you'd like to hear on Best Laid Plans. I'm happy to talk about anything planning related. (laughs) So remember, you can find me at theshoebox.com, T-H-E-S-H-U-B-O-X.com, and my planner Instagram is shoebox underscore plans. I'm also working on getting a speak pipe going so that you can actually leave an audio question that's 90 seconds or less. So if I've done that by the time this airs, you can find that link on my blog. And that means you could actually hear your voice on this podcast asking your planner questions. So I think that would be pretty cool. Thanks again for listening and we will see you next Monday.
1: This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network.